Salem and welcome to Salem Happenings, a new SATV show where we discuss the issues you are talking about around the city. We welcome to our panel Gwendolyn Roseman, retired Salem State University academic administrator, Dustin Luca of the Salem News, Deborah Grill, former Salem public art director, and former Salem city councilor Lisa Peterson, and myself, Will Dowd of the Salem Gazette. Peterson is sitting in for regular panelist Rebecca Haynes, Salem State University professor of media and communications, who is away. And this episode, coinciding with Women's History Month, we are celebrating the female leaders of Salem's past and present. We'll also unpack the recently wrapped Salem Public Schools superintendent search and pick up briefly on new restaurants opening across the city. But first, March is Women's History Month, so Salem Happenings team went into the field to capture the voices of some of the city's historically most powerful women. Gwendolyn sat down with Mayor Kim Driscoll and Kara McLaughlin, the House of the Seven Gables Executive Director, and the Gables Hooper Hathaway House. But before we head to that, Gwendolyn, what did you take away from your conversation with Kara and Kim? There was so much there, but two things in particular that women in leadership roles, women taking responsibility in Salem, is not new. And we talked about some of the historical figures that, have, that on whose shoulders we stand. And so this idea of women being leaders in Salem, uh, it's, it's a place that, it's a historical concept that people don't necessarily know about. Mm -hmm. And we've covered that. We also then looked at how many women there are in leadership positions today, both in the public eye as well as behind the scenes. And so that, that historic peace uh, is carried on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That Salem is very much a place where women rise mm -hmm. to the top, where women take leadership and make a place for younger women to move in. Great. Uh, let's watch the clip. We are here with Karen McLaughlin, who's the executive director of the House of Seven Gables Settlement Association, and with Kimberly Driscoll, who is the three-term? I'm in my fourth term right now. Fourth term mayor of Salem, Massachusetts, and we are here celebrating Women's History Week, and so we want to ask a few questions about women in Salem. Who are some of the women leaders in Salem Today. I, I was writing a list last night. Right. Uh, you know, I, when I think of um, just even the nonprofits, you've got Linda Saris at Leap for Education. You have um, Kathy Egmont, head of Salem Academy Charter School, uh, Barbara Warren, Salem Coast Watch, um, Nicole McLaughlin, mm -hmm. Plumber Home, right. uh, Plumber Youth Promise, mm -hmm. I should say. Those are just kind of four off the top of my head. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think we've got a female police chief, Chief yeah. Mary Butler, female school superintendent. Um, a number of our department heads in municipal government. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're really fortunate that in some ways we don't think about gender uh, mm -hmm. because we're, we just have such high quality individuals in these roles. 
but it's it's you know something we need to think about male dominated fields in particular that we have these women leaders who are not just leading but are exemplary at mm -hmm. it as well which mm -hmm. i think speaks to um, their own skills and uh, and the work that they're doing i was fortunate enough to be at salem state when Dr. Nancy Harrington sure. became the first mm -hmm. woman president of the university. And um, she had essentially been at the university most of her life in, in terms of her own education and in terms of being a dean at some point. And it was just sort of a natural fit that she became president of Salem State University. Mm -hmm. And she was followed by Pat Reservi, the second mm -hmm. female president of the university. Uh, I am thinking of Rosaria, mm -hmm. who has uh, been won an award as a leading Hispanic in the community, and mm -hmm. her work with the arts yeah. and with the uh, murals in the Point, as well as in other areas around the North Shore. So it's really exciting for me to be a part of this community yeah, yeah. and to watch what women are doing and to raise a child here, a, a girl mm -hmm. child, mm -hmm. and have her impacted by what you do and by the history. And how do we make room for those folks? I think of like Grace Duran, who leads the Boys and Girls Club, mm -hmm. graduate of Salem Public mm -hmm. Schools, a program director there. Mm -hmm. And this next generation, uh, Rosario's a little bit older than Grace, but mm -hmm. certainly somebody as well who mm -hmm. came through, you know, our is our community, came through our schools mm -hmm. and is really rising up in her own field in her own yeah. way and trying to make space for um, that variety of people mm -hmm. um, that we have living here, particularly mm -hmm. strong female leaders and support that. And uh, we were so glad to have Grace on the superintendent search committee oh, sure. as an example yeah. of like, okay, how do we bring up the next generation, mm -hmm. provide them with opportunities to really shine? And they mm -hmm. don't disappoint when they're in those roles. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's exciting, right? It's yeah, exciting. It, really it is. is exciting. Right. Yeah. No, and I actually, you know, you mentioned Rosario, but we, I think we also have to, when we look at the Latino community, mm -hmm. think of Lucy mm -hmm. Cachado. Oh, my goodness. You Lucy, know, my goodness, and, yes. Um, and Ana yes. Lucio. So, uh -huh. you know, Lucy was the first um, Latino representative in council, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. um, and then Ana Nuncio, who worked here at the Gables for a while, yeah. uh, but now serves on the school committee, and she was president of the Latino Leadership Coalition. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and I think they forged the way for the Grace mm -hmm. Durans and Alcibel Rincon, mm -hmm. again, somebody it. here at the Gables um, who is really a, lit a leader as well. Um, gosh, I, I, I still have a bunch in my head. <laughs> um, it's it's yeah. like seeing the fruits of your labor. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd also kind of, um, you had asked mm -hmm. earlier about um, kind of the behind the scenes people mm -hmm. and being in the nonprofit world, I think a lot about the boards that we have. Mm -hmm. And I know here at the Gables, we are so fortunate to have Patricia Bay Ho, mm -hmm. who has, mm -hmm. um, she's led na nationwide right. um, the Ameriso American Association of University Women. She was the president ah, okay. of that organization okay. as well. Um, now she's at the Gables and she's served on so many nonprofits and been mm -hmm. such a leader, truly helpful. And the predecessor at the Gables was Ellen Dunn. I know over at Plumber Youth Promise, you have Kathy Truscott, who's mm -hmm. chairing the board. So mm -hmm. Nina Cohen at right. Salem Academy. Yeah. So these are women that are not necessarily in the public eye, but really dedicating a lot of their time and talent and treasure to mm -hmm. helping um, our, our mm -hmm. community. And so. if you think about just one, even one step um, 
uh, I guess next to that would be some of the folks who are leading organizations like Salem Main Streets, Kylie Sullivan, oh, Destination yes. Salem, yes. Kate Fox, yeah. Laura Detoma at mm-hmm. the Enterprise yes, Center, absolutely. like folks who are just yeah. getting work done, are key partners of government and nonprofit, yes. mm-hmm. and making our city thrive. Beth, Beth Debsky. Beth Debsky, the partnership, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're fortunate that uh, I think we do have so many people who care about the community, but a lot of them mm-hmm. are, are women mm-hmm. leaders who are doing just fantastic work to support mm-hmm. the efforts that are underway here. Salem is such a, a special place in so many ways, and this is a big one of the women leadership oh. in the town, mm-hmm. in the city. Um, and so it's a place I'm glad I landed. Me too. Thank you. I'm here. <laughs> so... Where do you think Salem is going particularly in terms of women, women's leadership? I hope we're going to learn from these lessons of the past. I think we're fortunate that we have an opportunity to highlight somebody like a Sarah Parker Remond at Remond Park. Our Charlotte Fortin will have programming there, you know, all year and, and are looking for ways that we can make sure we celebrate that history, who those individuals are, but also that it serves as sort of a beacon for where we want to go, which is ensuring going forward that women feel empowered, that we're a community that's welcoming and inclusive, and that we really you know, see uh, female empowerment just as a value system. Um, so that means having more women elected officials and not having it be such a barrier. Maybe, maybe, maybe someday we'll actually have a woman president um, uh, in this country, but mm-hmm. you know, finding ways to continue to celebrate leadership and, uh, and recognize the contributions of women, whether that's at home, raising a family, in the workplace, in government, there's just so many um, opportunities that we want to make sure we're embracing and taking advantage of here. Let me ask a hard question, piggybacking on that. What barriers still exist to women? Childcare, um, I, I think work schedules. Um, we just went through this Me Too movement, like yay, hooray for um, this generation of women, maybe my oldest daughter's age, who are, they're not putting up with that, right? I think. Mm-hmm. It's just an evolution of there were things that you had to put up with just to stay in the workforce. And now we're seeing that flipped with this younger generation of women who are not gonna put up with that kind of behavior. And I think it's great. Um, And where that evolution goes, um, uh, we hope it's more towards equality and and seeing women in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, you know, and in the highest leadership positions that we have in this country, whether it's private or public sector, is what we should be aspiring for. And um, I have all the hope that we'll get there. Pay equity too would be Pay nice. We know that we know that uh, that does not exist right now. Yeah. I mean, it does in pl- certain places, but it certainly, you it's know, I've seen data. It's not. It's not the norm. Yeah. No. yeah. And there are social norms that I still dictate what a woman's role is, how mm-hmm. a woman will be perceived, and we, you know, we, we see chinks in that going forward. But it, it's still, we have a lot of men making decisions about women's bodies still. Um, what, they know, what they wear. What they wear, how they're perceived. Mm-hmm. So um, we, there's no shortage of work to do, but there's also, I think, a lot of progress that's been made and hopefully will continue to be made. I know that this is information and ideas that people don't necessarily have about women his, women's history and women in Salem. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate your coming. And on behalf of SATV, Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for letting us be in the Hooper Hathaway house. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. I'm honored to be a part of this. Thank you. You too. For the full interview, make sure you check us out on Facebook or on the SATV website, satvonline.org. So, panelists, we've heard them weigh in. What do we think of it? If Carolyn Emerton, the founder of the, Sal- the Settlement House, were alive today, what would she see and say about Salem as far as women? 
I think she'd be pretty proud of the fact that uh, the type of leadership with uh, Mayor Driscoll. One of the things I think about with Mayor Driscoll is that she is creating a city of the future. Mm -hmm. She's very much involved mm -hmm. with looking at you know climate change and transportation. So it's not just the sort of the leadership of of what's going on. It's like how are we creating more and how are we uh, embracing more and more women. And uh, I noticed on the clip they keep talking about Rosario. I, I'm just going to mention that her Rosario Ubiaria Minya is actually uh, the director now of uh, uh, Amplify Latinx. Mm. So we are seeing many, many uh, women of diversity also coming into leadership positions. Yeah, I would agree with all of that, and especially having served on the city council recently, um, it's been uh, a real uh, benefit to my own leadership growth, I would say, as, as I've been building my own career and building my own leadership mm -hmm. capacity to step into a city and into a community where that is so valued. I think it's so important to be able to look around and to see um, other women stepping up and leading. It just feels so natural here in a way that I think it doesn't in a lot of other communities where it feels like the barriers are still so high. It's true. Yeah, well, we have what, uh, Senator Lovely. I mm -hmm. think she was our first state senator. And I think that there's a really strong collaboration with between the leaders mm -hmm. in this in this city, which I think is really important. Yeah, yeah that, that's definitely true. And I think something that um, uh, I'm somebody who believes in, um, maybe others don't necessarily, but um, that women do bring a unique um, lens, mm -hmm. of course, and a unique yeah. type of leadership uh, to uh, to senior roles. And one is, is that it's just very natural and easy to be very inclusive when you're somebody who comes from a background where you might have been left out in Tomorrow. different situations over yes. over the years. And I think that that is an approach that we have here in Salem that feels very natural, that we're trying very hard to be inclusive and um, intersectional in the way that we're thinking about bringing um, everybody to the table. Like consensus driven mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. that we do a lot of yeah. input, things like yeah. that. Yeah, and sure I'm, I know in the uh, in the interview, Gwen, you had mentioned that you've raised a daughter yeah. um, in Salem and I'm doing the same. My daughter's 10 and it's been um, amazing to for her to be able to grow up in a place where she can look around and just have easy access to all these incredible women leaders and to be able to see, to grow in her own confidence in that. I think that's a, a gift that we're giving to our children, boys and girls, um, to be able to see that uh, we can have, even if it's a little microcosm, that we can create this world um, that we want. And we, of course, always have work to do, but um, but it's uh, really great that um, that's that's something that's very important to me um, here in the community. And, you know, having served on the council, there were four women when I was serving, four out of 11, which, um, <laughs> however, your, whatever your perspective is, could be <laughs> positive or negative. Um, I, you know, certainly it's not parity; it's not half. Um, it, but um, before we started, uh, Deb, you were talking about how um, at one point there were five, and now, unfortunately, we're down back down to three mm -hmm. um, this term. Um, so and we, and if you wanted to name drop the yes, current, the current uh, counselors, counselors is, yes, are uh, Ward Two Counselor Christine Medor, mm -hmm. uh, Ward Six Counselor Meg Riccardi, and of course my own um, successor, Ward Three Counselor Patty Morcillo, who's nice. doing a great job. Nice. <laughs> Very exciting. But uh, excited about, yeah. about all three of them and. Um, 
And but you know, I think we have work to do on that. But it's you know, I also do myself a lot of work trying to get women to run in other communities as well. And um, in some ways, even though we have work to do here, I feel really fortunate because um, because in some communities you might be the only woman on the council or you or there might be none um, and trying to break into that uh, is really really difficult so when and I, I think serving with four felt like a good um, sort of the uh, the good minimum number to serve with because nobody felt like they had to represent the woman's voice you know we mm. could sort yeah. of have different perspectives yeah. which was really um, a treat I think compared to some other communities where women feel like they're really mm. whenever they speak they're speaking mm. for all women mm. <laughs> well I also want to point out that when Joan and, and Kim and, and Claudia and we had two uh, Latina women mm -hmm. Claudia yeah. mm -hmm. and that's great Lucy. Mm -hmm. yeah. and so we don't have as much representation yeah. Mm -hmm. on the council today for uh, a more and minority in Salem and mm -hmm. I think I, I think in terms of parity mm -hmm. we've really got to start looking at at cultivating mm -hmm. that next level of leadership to get more representation mm -hmm. absolutely um, I, I do just want to give a shout out to to Christine Medor who's an immigrant yes, uh, an Asian American immigrant on the council my ward counselor yes. <laughs> you had said that and you had said that the when Kim Driscoll and Joan Lovely were on the council, that was when we've ever had the most women on the council. I, I believe, I, I believe so. so. That, and that speaking to Joan about that, I remember talking to her years ago and just saying, just the level of collaboration, they would talk. Mm -hmm. And they would say, what's in the best interest of our constituents? And what's before us? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's not quite is happening today <laughs> on the council? No. So maybe that's a thing with leadership in terms of thinking about collaboration. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. What, what's some? What's some of the other things that struck you for that interview? Well, I me? think the sense that both of them had that we're standing on these shoulders. Mm -hmm. Okay, we owe our success and and our accomplishment, and even just our ability to be here, to. The women of history, mm -hmm. and there, I thought that it was such an optimistic interview. I almost had to say, you know, to pull out of them. Okay, what are the problems? Because <laughs> <laughs> we know there are some. Um, the enthusiasm and and the level of uh, excitement that both Kim and Kara had, and and I want to piggyback on something about Christian um, Medor, because I don't want to say that men don't do this and it's it's but it's a particular experience that we had with Christy during a situation in our ward with the, and she is, is our, our council person mm -hmm. in which she took the initiative to reach out to the constituencies her constituency in the situation and say what do you need mm -hmm. right <laughs> we did not have mm -hmm. to call her mm -hmm. and right. maybe men would do that too but I think there's something about women who just do you need something yeah, how can we help? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and wanting to hear all the voices. And wanting to hear all, all the, the voices. voices. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. yes. And something that's really interesting, too, about the, the current three, and while three is certainly not a high enough number, in my opinion, I think we can all agree on that. Um, all three of the current women that are on the city council have also followed other women who were able mm -hmm. to break through. So mm -hmm. um, Christine Medor succeeded mm -hmm. Heather Fermico. Um, you know, Patty in Ward 3 succeeded you, obviously, mm -hmm. after yeah. you had to basically shock Steve Lovely. Mm -hmm. And then in Ward 6, <laughs> you, have, you have Meg Riccardi, who just had to defend her seat from Jerry Ryan, mm -hmm. um, who before that succeeded Beth Gerard, who yeah. battled Paul Preeby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's you a know? great point. 
That's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's a, one of the things, though, uh, Gwendolyn, that I did notice mm -hmm. in terms of trying to draw out from them what may be the negatives is the pay equity. Mm -hmm. yeah. And again, yes. I think we just mentioned yes. this about you know maybe the reason why so many women are in nonprofit is because they are willing to accept. Mm -hmm. as I know I've worked in nonprofit. Mm -hmm. I ran an arts association. You know, so you know for those years, I loved it. I was passionate about it, but you know, there was no health care. There was mm -hmm. those kinds of things, and I think that's the place in our nonprofits we have to decide that we're going to make sure that there is pay equity yes. right. instead of assuming yes. that a woman will work for less yes. because of the mission that she's passionate about. Or that somebody else is going to pick up the slack. Oh, she doesn't have insurance, but, you know, her partner, husband, mm -hmm. other right. significant other right. has insurance, so she doesn't need it. Right. So, this yes. Yeah, completely uh, agree. Yeah, we, we still need, we have a ways to go yeah. for that, and it's really important. Uh, and then just looking at other community, neighboring communities, Swampscott just had its first female majority for selectmen change last May with their uh, town election. So there are three women out of the five councilors or city or selectmen mm -hmm. serving there. And then Marblehead has two uh, female selectmen out of five mm -hmm. selectmen that serve. So yeah, it's, um, it, there's, there's some change. It's going mm -hmm. on still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. that's, that's, and they're very strong in Marblehead, yeah. those two women. <laughs> I know yes. them. They're, they're terrific. Jackie yeah. Becker, so. yeah. 